a good photographer does end up having some styling or should have some styling and put into a wedding. Welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. If you are ready to be the best version of yourself and level up your life, stay tuned as we interview special guests who will bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we are going to show you how with your host, Ryan T. So I want to welcome Greta. She's a photographer and editor and the founder of Together Journal. I don't even know what kind of intro I can give this powerful lady, this <laughs> wonderful mother of three, but I'm going to let her do that. And I want to welcome, obviously, Greta to the podcast. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's um, really nice to be a part of it. Oh, absolute pleasure. So Greta, can you just explain to the listeners like where you are based? I'm based in Auckland in New Zealand, where I've been based for the last, how long have I lived here? Eight years. Mm -hmm. So Together Journal was launched out of Auckland almost five years ago. Wow. And I want to jump straight into it. Obviously, Together Journal is a big part of my business. It's something I think so many people need to to have in their hands just for inspiration, etc. But what was the catalyst to starting a magazine? Because I know you have a background in photography as well. And you're, are you still currently a photographer? Yeah, I am. So I've got a pretty varied background. I studied graphics and design and photography. And then I, I went back to university and did marketing as well. And I ended up working in the fashion industry for majority of my career as a brand manager and a buyer. So I used to travel a lot. And when I had my first two children, which I had very close together, kind of accidentally, they are only 16 months apart, I found that it was too hard to do the international buying trips with essentially two babies. And I ended up shooting weddings because so many of my friends were getting married. So I kind of accidentally fell into it. And a lot of my friends were creatives. They wanted more of a documentary type of a style of photography. I'd studied photography and I was shot on the side as a hobby but I hadn't shot that many weddings, but I shot a couple of friends' weddings and everybody just kind of loved the work, probably because I was approaching it from a non-wedding photographer type scenario. When I started in photography, there was a lot of kind of jumping on the beach and dipping the bride and really weird editing styles. So I kind of came into the market with a few other people. We were just talking about Bailey and Moore. They were already in the market and Danelle Bohain came in around about the same time as me. And I think just there was kind of a wave, a fresh approach that kind of had started coming into the market. So we hit the market at a really good time and people wanted something different. And my business and their business as well just kind of snowballed. People were looking for something non-traditional and modern. And next thing I knew, I was kind of shooting weddings all over New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Pacific Islands, and a little bit in the States as well. And then, so how long ago was this when you did your first wedding? I was still shooting, oh gosh, when my baby, probably like 10 years ago, okay, 10 to 11 years ago. And I was still shooting weddings in the first two years of launching Together Journal because you know what it's like, you have weddings booked in advance and I also needed to still, you know, have an income. But I did have a year of the magazine taking off and myself having kind of, I think I had 18 weddings booked and it was probably the hardest year of my life because I had to do these weddings as well as run the magazine. So... I made it through that and now I don't shoot any more weddings. Okay, I gotcha. And so I want to, I'd love to know, Greta, like the catalyst for starting Together Journal. Because what we see today for people is just like this incredible thing you have. But like, why start 
this amazing thing? Well, I had a background in marketing. So I worked in the fashion industry and I did a lot of production of fashion shoots. I didn't shoot them myself, but it was more the styling and the production and directing of them. And I also placed a lot of media. So I was in contact placing advertisements and editorial and things like that in magazines. And I love media. I've always loved magazines. And I also did... I was a kinfolk gathering host for a couple of years here in New Zealand. So I don't know if everybody's aware, but when Kinfolk magazine launched, they had an event series which happened all around the world and they had representatives in probably about 10 different countries and we all kind of curated the same event globally in different locations. And it was really then that sparked the idea of the magazine because I kept thinking, wow, what a great global community they've created with this magazine. And it's so modern and beautiful and different than anything I've seen. Why is nobody doing this in the wedding industry? There were no magazines that I felt I wanted to show my clients or put my work into at the time. And that's no disrespect to them. It was just a completely different Mm -hmm. style or trend than the type of work that I was doing and many other people were doing. I started talking to friends, mainly photographers in the industry like Bailey and Moore and Danelle. And we were saying we need to have a media platform that represents more of the type of work that we do. And we want our couples to see how cool weddings can be, how they, you know, if they're non-traditional or more unique to each couple. So I just kept talking about it for ages. And then it was actually my husband in the end who just said, just stop talking about it and do it before somebody else does. Yeah. And so I did. And then so how long ago was Together Journal born? October 2015 was the official launch date on shelf. So not really that long ago. I mean... What a risk to put things into to print, hey? Like, I mean, a lot of magazines surely were closing down, like closing shop. It was the weirdest thing because even though I'd had contact with magazines, I didn't really know the first thing about mm. them. I'd shot, I'd shot a lot of food. I used to do quite a lot of food shooting as well as weddings. So when I was a photographer for the eight years, probably only about 30 to 40% of my work was wedding work. I used to shoot lifestyle, mainly food and a little bit of fashion, a little bit of home shoots for architectural magazines and things like that so I'd been on the outside but not the inside and I think that was kind of a blessing because had I had known how hard it was I probably wouldn't have done it. So what do you think Greta then was the biggest hurdle of getting over to starting Together Journal because I know like I mean if it was me in that position obviously a big thought process would be wow a lot of magazines are closing shop print versus digital but what was the big hurdle you had to overcome? I was so inspired by the niche magazines that were doing well. So magazines like Kinfolk, Serial, Suitcase. So definitely print was suffering, but it was more the print that had content in it that didn't have a longer shelf life. So it was more kind of fashion and news-based stuff that was turning over really quickly. Whereas the magazines that were really niche and beautiful and collectible that you wanted to hold on to and go back and read seemed to be thriving and they were sticking very firmly to their niches as well, which I think is really important. They recognize that they were niche and that even though a niche might be small in your country, it's really big globally. So that inspired me a lot. And then I just think being naive is actually a really good thing. I'm never afraid to ask for help. I've had some really great mentors and that's one thing that I did do. I got a mentor in my launch phase. The actual magazine, I kind of decided to do it in July slash August and it was on the shelf by October. So it was a very quick 
turnaround process. I had a great mentor, Roger Shakes, who I still talk with a lot. And he's a little bit like me. I'm a kind of a just do it type of a person. And he said to me, you've got to find out if people want to advertise in it. Like there's no point in even writing a business plan if people don't want it, if there's no gap in the market. He said, who are the top three people that you'd want to advertise in New Zealand? And they were Zoe and Morgan, Karen Walker and Crane Brothers. Mm-hmm. So one's menswear, one's jewellery, and then one's kind of fashion. And he said, you need to go and get in front of them and see if they want to advertise. And he kind of thought that I would maybe be lucky to get one and then we'd go on to a B-list, but I managed to get them all for the first issue. Wow. And obviously that built your confidence, right? To launch. Totally. And I literally went in with my pieces of paper. I talked to <laughs> photographers who are great friends, who are still great friends, who I love. I had some demo weddings. I think I had one from Bailey and Moore, one from Danelle, one from Jess, um, a couple of others. And I kind of went in with my pages that my design, I found a really great graphic designer that I still have. Mm-hmm. My team has stayed very the same as when I started, which is amazing. Yeah. And they're incredible. But yeah, I literally, I look back and I kind of like cringe and feel a bit embarrassed. I was literally like holding up <laughs> bits of April paper to these really big brands, but they must have seen something in it. They've probably seen the passion that you have and the niche. I think, I think so. Yeah. I think the niche is a big one. Hey, like, I mean, I know you deal with a lot of photographers, me being one as well, but I always, you know, hearing that story, find it so interesting that you went against the grain, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you had that background as well, but to start a magazine, I mean, where do you start, right? Like, do you feel as though, Greta, do you feel as though you're having a mentor really, really helped in that? I definitely feel like having someone to answer to when you work by yourself is a really great thing. I saw Roger, who was my mentor, every week. Like I went on to, I found him through this place called the Ice House in New Zealand, which is like a business incubator type of a place. And it has a really great reputation. And they pitched three mentors to me and they said, you should meet them all and then decide which one is going to be the best fit. And I met Roger first and I just said, I could cancel the other two meetings. This guy's great. And I really respected him and he had worked, he's actually English and he'd worked for BBC and a lot of ad agencies and media in the UK as well as New Zealand. So I liked that he had that kind of international viewpoint and it's like me, like he's a real, just do it now, like go get it, go do it. And I felt like every week before he came, I really wanted to get everything done and prove to him that I'd done it for myself as well. But yeah, it definitely helped me to have someone to answer to. So how do you kind of accountable to keeping the timeframes and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm pretty good at that anyway, but it definitely mm. helped. Do you feel as though with photographers, do you think it's something they should all be looking into as well? Like looking, having a mentor, like we all work yeah. so solo and solely and it's quiet place to work, eh? Yeah, I would definitely agree. And or even if it's not a mentor, maybe even a group that you meet up with regularly of people that you really admire, which I think a lot of a lot of people do do this already, especially at the moment because you know it's such a disruptive marketplace. A little bit of extra motivation and perhaps new inspiration and ideas for this new market that we're going into. It's probably a really good time to do that if you feel like you might be kind of struggling or staying in the same place. I think it's really important, especially if you're looking for growth. Hey, I mean, we're sometimes our worst enemy. There's that saying, I think you've got to get out of your own way sometimes. Yeah. 
Timekeeping, I think, is a big one for photographers. Not everybody, but I do know of a lot of photographers who take a really long time to process work and then they get a lot of build-up and then they feel really stressed out. And it would be a terrible way to be to know that you've got 16 weddings that you've got to deliver. Oh, it'd kill me. Mm. It would absolutely buckle me, I think. Um, yeah, put my priorities all left, right and centre. And Same. I'd resent photography, to be honest. Yeah. I loved getting my weddings out. I never took more than two weeks to do a wedding, even if I had a double wedding, like a Friday and a Saturday double wedding weekend. I had small children as well, and you just never know what's going to happen. Like, you know, someone can get sick or hurt or whatever. So if you've got a spare four hours to do something, you will do it if you're a mum or a dad. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the instant thing about being a parent, hey, is just like time management. Like you can't let things sit around because they just build. Yeah. I think I became twice as productive when I became a <laughs> So I want to bring you back five years ago now to the first issue dropping on in October, right? Yeah, first of October. Yeah. Wow. Or, or thereabouts, the closest Monday too. And we're coming up to, to October 2020 now, so exactly nearly five years. How many issues? Issue 20 is coming 20. up. So it's actually worked out quite well. We skipped an issue because of COVID. So Okay. Well, we didn't skip it. We just extended the life of issue 19. So we're meant to have issue 20 out on the 1st of July, but that got pushed back to the 1st of October, which was a great decision. We were in lockdown. We couldn't have produced it. Our lockdown went for quite a while, our first lockdown. And my feeling is that New Zealand's lockdowns have been a lot stricter than anywhere else in the world. We couldn't even send a courier. So, you know, doing a photo shoot, was just apart from just having me me in it in my house was impossible (laughs) just selfie magazine right yeah (laughs) hey and and then so you go to so coming up issue 20 now like how much different if we look back to issue one to now what we see in issue 25 years later how much different and how much has the business pivoted well it's going to be a lot different issue 20 because we've done a major redesign. So we used our time in lockdown really productively. And Hannah, who's my designer, Hannah Lawless, who's been with me since launch, we have redesigned all of the real winning pages and all of the feature interview pages and things like that. So it, this issue looks very different than issue 19 even. But in terms of the vibe and the feel of it, it's pretty similar. Like it's kept, you could pick it up. I wouldn't be embarrassed about anyone reading it, put it that way. Like the quality of the weddings that are in it are amazing. A lot of the contributors are still the same. I was very lucky with my network. And that's one of the factors which has made the magazine so successful because I was a photographer for eight years. And a lot of the incredible photographers that are featured are my friends. It's given me a really great competitive advantage, I guess, for the magazine. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, and with issues as well, Greta, I mean, I know you've got the print. You've also got the online digital copies as well. Yes. And that was something that we did to combat freight restrictions in April caused by COVID. I see. I had a nightmare. I had stock stuck on wharves in the States. I had lots of trouble with customs. I couldn't even send a courier. We set up a DC at my house thinking that, We'd still be able to send non-contactable couriers, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of businesses in New Zealand were very surprised when we found out that we actually couldn't. So good things happen in bad situations. My web developer, Ben, who again, 
he has been with me for five years. He had been working remotely overseas in South America and in Sri Lanka, and he decided to come back home because of COVID. And he was stuck in a hotel on like a really full-on lockdown quarantine process because he'd come back from overseas. So I got him for two weeks <laughs> of undivided attention stuck in a hotel room and we created, assessed a whole lot of digital magazine software platforms, chose the one we wanted and um, launched our digital magazines within that two-week period. Incredible. So is that the digital side, Greta, is that something you're going to keep further in the future? Yes. And I'm really glad that COVID made me do it because I never would have done it. I am very pro print and even our, you know, our paper, the smell of it, the touch, everything. Like I just never thought that I would put that magazine into a digital format, but I've been so overwhelmed and surprised with the uptake of it and people love it. I do think the impact of COVID and the environment that we're in and being able to get it instantly on a device has helped that, but it's definitely here to stay. And people are buying both. So people will either buy the digital one first and they'll be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I'm definitely buying the print one. Or they'll buy the print one, but then they'll want the digital version on their device for going to meetings with florists and stylists and photographers and stuff. So they're working well and hand in hand. Greta, I want to know, who do you think your major audience is? Do you think it's mainly brides looking for inspiration or other wedding vendors? We've got a bit of a mix. So first of all, and this is something we've done on purpose, we gauge about now about 30% of our readership don't have a wedding of their own on the horizon and they are probably not working in the industry either. So they're just people who love reading the love stories. They love florals, they love fashion, or they just, you know, love the magazine. And we've made the magazine so that even like if you're a guest and you're going to a wedding, you should be able to pick up together journal and find like if you're a guy, find an outfit to wear or a girl, yeah. find an outfit to wear as well. So we don't just do bridal, we do kind of occasion fashion as well. Mm-hmm. So it could be like a little summer slip to wear to a wedding or the races or the polo or a party or whatever. So about 30% are just not wedding. They just like our lifestyle content. And then, oh gosh, I think that there probably are a, a lot of actual vendors who buy it. I don't know, maybe it's 50-50 with the Mm. other 70% that's left. Like that wouldn't surprise me. I think it's a a great way. um, I remember when I first started as well, and it's a great way to see what others are doing, right? Mm. And what trends are moving. But I know for me now, Greta, like obviously when any couple books my services, I send them the current issue of Together Journal. And it didn't start that long ago, but what I was getting from it was like, well, well, they've got this in their hand whether they are a reader or not, they can be inspired and it directly reflects back to the photographs I get when they have this beautiful thing in front of them and they're like, wow, so dry flowers are in and these tones or wow, their bridesmaids dresses look incredible. Then I turn up to a wedding. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is it. Like um, Greta's done the work for me. She knows the trend. She's chosen it in the magazine. I've given it to you. You've given it to me and it goes back in the cycle. We're starting to see that cycle and I'm People say, oh, you know, it was a together journal wedding. So it's becoming like a a term, which is really exciting. And that's really, I guess, one of the whole reasons, well, the, the whole motivation behind it is to show people they don't have to do traditional things. Do things that suit you as a couple, the location where you're having the wedding. Like there's no sense in bringing a whole lot of props and weird things into an environment that just doesn't suit. And probably also giving people 
the courage to kind of follow their hearts and maybe show parents or other people that might be pressuring them into being more traditional. Like, no, you don't have to be like this anymore. You know, have a look at this. I've even had, um, like when I send this out to couples once they book and they, I know they read it because I send a little welcome gift and stuff, but I've actually had them come back into the studio and they've torn pages out, which may be a curse, but anyway, they've torn pages out. <laughs> <of the> together, <laughs> we want that. Yeah, you want that. Hey? It's a scrapbook, whatever. Yeah. And they come in and they're like laying it down and they're like, hey, can we talk about like color palettes? And I'm like, this question probably would never have come up unless they had this and this thought or this magazine that was sitting on their coffee table for a week or a month. And they're coming in and they're actually asking me questions. And it gives me the opportunity to step in as well and be like, yeah, I would absolutely love to shoot those tones. Like you're getting married in this area. I think, yes, this works not just a white bouquet and a white chapel and a white dress and a pop of red. A good photographer does end up having some styling or should have some styling input into a wedding. And I think it's great when couples recognize that because you know what it's like as a photographer, not everything that you see translates the same way into an image, especially colors. Like it's really hard to photograph white on white on white, you know, like as a table setting. So if they are open to photographers and other experts being involved, it's only going to end up having a better result. Mm. And I think it's, I mean, a lot of couples getting married, right? They fall down the, I call it the wedding trap where it's just like they book and then they follow the recommended vendors and they book and they just kind of follow Instagram or what they've seen or what they've been recommended. Mm. But you're right. Like, I mean, I've turned up to weddings before where I had no input and I didn't really kind of communicate a lot about things that other than were photography related. And like, I'm just looking and I'm like, this does not work. Like suspenders and you got red bow tie. Yeah. And it's just so, it's just not working. You got white bouquets. And yeah, straight away, I was just like, what can I do proactively to help people? One, spend money on the right things. Cause I know their vision isn't not what I'm seeing right now. Yeah. And yeah, a big one is contribution and, and hats off to you. The Together Journal is just, I think, it's an incredible asset to not just photographers to see what's happening around the world, but to people that are into lifestyle or planning weddings and want a bit of inspiration, you know? Thank you. We've actually got a style, the together journal style edit is launching in two weeks, which is just full of style shoots, no weddings. Wow. Okay. I want to know more about that. Tell me about that. So it's a digital edition only at this stage, but it's basically a collection of around 40 to 50 styled shoots. Um, Some of them we've produced ourselves. Other ones have come from all around the world, quite literally. And each styled shoot has a color palette as well, because I think that's really important. That's where everything starts, at the color palette. So all of the styled shoots we've looked at and we've pulled an example color palette together. And I think when you're starting a wedding, you need to know what your color palette is. And ideally you want to look at the location where you're getting married and then also kind of what you like and what suits you and think about that color palette and then everything will come from there. So I think being able to give, especially at the moment when people may have had to postpone a wedding, to give people this kind of planning tool so they can think about what style, what color palette, what kind of mood they want their wedding to have and to give visual examples of that. I think it'll be the best planning tool to kind of start your journey with. That's amazing. So can I ask on that, Greta, as well? So with that color palette, do you simplify it by, I know with branding and graphic designers, they'll design something and then you get a staple of five colors that were kind of contributed to the overall brand. Is it something like that? 
It is. We've done the color palettes ourselves internally. So obviously we did our own for our shoots Mm -hmm. before we shot them. But then when we got the shoots and from the other people, we've looked at them all laid up and we've pulled what we think is a really nice color palette for that shoot. But it doesn't have to be exactly what we've shot. It's more just about showing people what you pull out of that environment. And they might choose, the colors are quite different. So for example, I was looking at a shoot, which I was just laying up earlier and it's called Pink Beach and it's kind of pinks, beiges with a little bit of kind of cream. They might decide to go more down the pink route or more down the beige route if they like neutrals, but it kind of gives them a starting point. Wow. And that's digital only? At the moment, it's digital only. And the good thing about the digital environment that we have our magazine in, we spent quite a lot of time researching. We didn't want something that could just be downloaded. We wanted an environment that people could go into that looks like a magazine. So the pages turn, all the content is dynamic. So even the editorial shoots. So we've got our credits down below so you can click on someone's name, but also if you hover over an image, you know, you hover over the florals, the florist's link will pop up, the photographer's link will pop up, the higher furniture place, their link will pop up. So it's all of the editorial as well as the credits are all fully linked. So if you're planning a wedding, and obviously if it's in your area, you might be looking at an English wedding and you're getting married in Australia. Mm-hmm. You still might want to follow that link though, because you're going to go to their Instagram or their website and see all of these ideas. So it's still going to be useful, but it's going to be a really great way for vendors to connect as for couples to connect with the vendors or to see more of a style that they like. I think that's, ama- I mean, I want that in my hands right now because I want to give that to all my couples and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, for them to have that thought process of just going, okay, we love this tone. We're going to go to our florist who's local, who we've already hired and we're going to show them our color palette and we're going to work with that. And that, that's what we want them to do. And the first two pages have all of the credits well, they all have all the credits on them, but all of the credits in the main color palette and they can download that in a PDF format as well. So they can actually Incredible. print it and take it. And yeah. Amazing. Hey, I want to flip things around a little bit, Greta. Yeah. Obviously COVID is a real thing right now. Um, you guys are still in lockdown in New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah, we are until midnight on Sunday. Fingers crossed we can go to level two. Okay. Gotcha. So you're on level three at the moment. So yeah, three is pretty strict in is New that, Zealand, okay. uh, I think compared to Australia. So Retail and restaurants can't open unless they're doing click or collect. So you can't go inside. You can only pick up takeaways or a bagged Mm -hmm. product. People like me shouldn't go to work. You should try and work from home. I work from home anyway. So that's been great. You know, it's been minimal disruption, but it's pretty locked down in Auckland at the moment. Do you have a vision where you think for the working photographer out there where the whole wedding industry is going to go? Do you think it's going to return No. And that's one thing that I've said right from the beginning. It won't get back to normal. This is a major global event that has happened and things will be really different, not just for weddings, but for everything. Who knows how long this period of, I guess, COVID transition is going to be around for where we actually have the virus. I mean, I know that it's going to clear up and we won't be as restricted as what we are, but there'll be a hangover from that, if you like. I'm already seeing so many more small weddings, which I was seeing before COVID. Like I do think that was a trend that was happening. I think COVID has obviously sped it up. Um, So lots more intimate or local destination weddings. And I don't think that they're going to go away. I think people are going to realize how beautiful they are. And it doesn't mean you have to miss out on anything. It's even more important to have an amazing photographer, an amazing videographer, because you're going to need to send that content 
around to all the people who couldn't be there on the day. You can still have the beautiful dress, the beautiful styling, the beautiful florals. You can actually be more creative with your locations because it's probably going to be a smaller number. People are going to have to adapt. I feel sorry for venues and caterers who rely on bigger numbers. They're going to have to diversify somehow. Photographers and videographers, the weddings will come back. And I think that, you know, as long as you keep being innovative and keep putting yourself out there, you should be okay. Same with dress designers and people like that. Obviously, with travel restrictions, right? I know a lot of friends in the industry and even myself, a lot of international weddings, you know, being put on the back burner or or fully canned. Mm. And it's been a hard one, especially speaking with friends of mine in the industry that really rely on that destination and have never looked at marketing locally. They seem to be the ones that are affected dramatically instantly. Yeah, they definitely are. But then I just also keep thinking that like in New Zealand and same with Australia, there are a lot of photographers who spend a summer in the Northern Hemisphere and shoot. But there were, in New Zealand anyway, there were a lot of people coming from the Northern Hemisphere to shoot down here as well. So although it probably won't fill up that gap completely, I do think that without the photographers coming down here or over from Australia, then those people that were travelling will pick up that business. So what do you feel as though the best thing photographers and videographers, because I know that is the audience listening today, what do you reckon the best things they should be doing these days during COVID, maybe when it's quiet, to be in front of people? Try and shoot. Yeah, try and shoot and produce content. And that's one of the main reasons why we did our style edit, because we knew that the industry was hurting and we knew that people had some time on their hands. And we thought, well, let's use this time to do something proactive and creative and make the style guide so that when couples come out of this COVID restriction time, they'll have all these new ideas and also hopefully they'll see the work that all of these vendors have done and they'll book them. So I think just keep active and keep positive. I know as a wedding couple or a consumer type person, I'm not going to book someone who's moaning on Instagram about how bad COVID is. We all know that. We've all heard it. Just try and be as proactive and positive as you can. I mean, even just shoot lifestyle content, go for a walk in the park and shoot some flowers or some trees or just keep shooting and keep producing work. Mm, It's interesting as well. I mean, as you know, being a photographer, most photographers that run a business these days, whether they're part-time or full-time started because they love photography. And now it's a lot aren't doing the photography aspect. They're sitting at home in the computer and a lot obviously feeling down not doing what they love. And I know for me, it did get to that point where I was, I didn't feel I was the best version of myself. And I, you know, I was doing the business work, but I was constantly contemplating, you know, where the business was pivoting. And I, I, I remember speaking to my partner and I was like, I just have to go photograph, mm. whether it's free, whether it's paid, whether it's walking down the street, my son, like that's what I fell in love with. And being full-time, I, you know, doing it, one to five weddings a week sometimes. And it's like, that's what I was spending most of my time doing. And now I'm not like, I don't need a wedding to photograph or fall back in love with it. Right. So I think that's an amazing tip. That's a good point. Like use this time to fall back in love with it. Like I wish COVID had never happened. And you know, there's lots of things that suck about it, but they're not going to go away. So just try and focus on the positive things and fall back in love with your craft. And like, like I just keep thinking as well, because the world is changing so much, 
depends where your heart is and what mm. you want to shoot. But there's going to be this massive need for more photography as more products have to rely on online to sell their products. They're going to need more photographers. They're going to need more videos. So maybe think about diversifying. Like you might be a wedding photographer, but you might also really love shooting florals. So ring up some florists who can't have their stores open and say, hey, I've got this amazing package. I can film this and photograph this and then you can put it on Instagram and, you know, just maybe have a little bit of a think outside in the square as well. Mm, it's a, I was just speaking to a friend of mine earlier today. For We caught up for a coffee. He does commercial work and stuff like that. And we're talking about work because obviously mm. a lot of businesses that he did their kind of branding and content are closing down or they've kind of they've stopped production and slowed down. And we we're talking about pivoting. And I said to him straight away, like places that are struggling, like there's businesses out there that are literally, they need you. Yeah. And if you can be of service, you don't have to be paid, right? Like it doesn't take much to go and help someone. And when they bounce, hey, like come back. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're front of mind and you've done something amazing. And in the end of the day, you're helping this business get through one of the hardest times ever. Yeah, it's such a fulfilling thing to do, I think, anyway. I agree. And I just, I really just wanted to go back to that point. Like I I don't want to encourage everyone to run Mm. around and do a whole lot of work for no money at all. Obviously you have to survive and you have a business as well, but now more than ever, you should be looking at things that you can do to help a business and you probably won't get paid. Well, that shouldn't be your main objective. Like I think you should put some of your time aside to help other businesses and something will come of it for you as well. Especially if it's great work, you'll probably end up picking up. A job from it. yeah and i mean photographers love photography right and sometimes you need that subject to think about creatively yep wedding photographers are really really good and that's one thing that i've noticed with having the magazine they are so used to shooting so many different things in so many unpredictable situations so you mean you think about a wedding day you're shooting flowers you're shooting food you're shooting portraits you're shooting landscapes you're shooting everything and quite often you're turning up in this dark or overly bright or whatever place that you've never seen before and you just have to make it work and i've noticed when i produce fashion shoots for the magazines i use a mix of fashion and wedding photographers and we use lots of different people Whenever I have a location shoot and I have wedding photographers on it, they just turn up and they just get it done and it's amazing and it's no drama. But often a fashion photographer will be like, oh, God, you know, it's, it's a bit dark in here. I'm going to have to set up some lights, getting a little bit stressed out about it. I think a lot of wedding photographers don't realize how adaptive and skilled they are. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, that's amazing to hear as well because we don't really look at it from the a third person point of view we're sometimes so in the moment and time and we got 10 minutes to shoot details and boom and then we got like logistics to work you don't with realize no. that that's hardcore training that's happening right then and there. yeah i always say like the best wedding photographer is the best one under pressure right like yeah the one that's the most car the calmest under pressure but can always deliver on the back end And you could do anything, like you think about all the industries, Mm. you know, if you did want to pick up some additional commercial or lifestyle work at the moment, you could shoot for a jeweler, you could shoot for a florist, you could shoot for a restaurant, you could shoot for an architecture firm, like it's endless. Yeah, that's a big one for a lot of photographers to get through this time altogether. Yeah, grabbing that camera and sometimes turning that keyboard off and um, realizing that maybe, yeah, maybe the, the market's quieter now and people aren't booking or maybe they are, but go back to what you fell in love with. Hey, Mm, totally. 
Greta, I want to finish off with a couple of questions for you because I know you've got three yeah. kids and they're all at home. <laughs> they've been very good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they at the moment? They're just down in the dining room, not doing school work, <laughs> but being good. So that's fine. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, um, Greta, I want to ask you, which I normally ask at the end of each episode, do you have three implementable tasks or tips that photographers could do now which we've spoken about a few, but if we can simplify them, three things they could do now to level up their business or their photography and game. As in like a project to do now? Yeah, just th- three little, if you were my mentor and I said, yeah, can you share three things that I could do right now to level up my business or photography? Yeah, the first thing I would do would be to say pair up with you know a florist and a stylist in a venue and go and shoot something beautiful, even if it doesn't have a model in it, just a styled setting, just to get work out there to be able to post across your social channels, like you're working and you're engaged and you'll probably love it as well. And I just, I think it's really important to try and keep content coming through. So that would be my first thing. And then my second thing would be to have a look at my business and to think about ways in which I can diversify for the future. We've kind of talked about it already, but maybe have a think about what what do I really love shooting on a wedding day? Like for me, I always loved shooting florals. I still do. And I still shoot a lot of the florals for Together Journal. So if that is like an area that you think you could be passionate about, perhaps think about how you could grow that side of your business, not just in the interim, but, but maybe it will flourish into something in the future. I think as a wedding photographer, not many people talk about it, but we all have a use by date. Like, I just don't think you want to be chasing couples around in your 50s and your 60s. But, you know, people are always going to want the younger people coming through. So you do have to kind of be thinking about that exit strategy anyway. So now's a really good time to put that exit strategy maybe into place, even if you're not going to go down that route for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing, I think... Stay connected, stay connected with other vendors because, I mean, for me, my work came from referrals. So I always had really good florists and caterers and cake makers and all sorts of people that I genuinely really loved working with and I really loved their work and I always just kept in touch with them. So keep reaching out to your friends in the industry and the brands that you want to keep working with, making sure that they're okay and they don't need any help. Maybe they need some photography or maybe they just need to hear from somebody, like maybe they're feeling down or challenged. So I would say keep those networks alive and be friendly and kind. Amazing, amazing. Hey, Greta, I want to acknowledge you for being here. I want to acknowledge you for showing up, your beautiful daughter next to you, which no one else is going <laughs> to Zelda. see. <laughs> Zelda, what a beautiful name. The, this is the princess name, eh, Zelda? Yeah, we didn't know that. It was so funny. But yes, it's from the Nintendo game, Princess Zelda. That's it. And yeah, I just want to take my hat off to you, Greta, for what you've done and what you're still doing in the industry. I just want to say from in Australia back to New Zealand that um, I'm super thankful what you've done. I mean, I can get this beautiful thing in the hands of my couples and you've done so much groundwork and it just directly reflects the photography and the weddings that I turn up to. So I'm, I'm honestly grateful. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. And I feel really humbled. Thank you. And I just want to say as well, going into Australia has been such a rewarding and enjoyable experience. I've made so many friends from having the magazine. I had a lot of Australian friends anyway. Uh, I think especially in our photography industry, the New Zealanders and Australians are very good friends, but 
the kind of the way that the Australian market has picked up the magazine and the support and the friendships I've made has, has been so worthwhile and so wonderful. It's beautiful when you do something you're passionate about, right? Yeah, and there's so many great people out there to connect with too. Amazing, Greta. Hey, um, I'm super thankful for you being here. I know it's nearly been an hour now. You got the kids pulling on mummy, maybe waiting <laughs> for some food or no more homework. But I acknowledge you again for being here, Greta, and thank you so much for uh, sharing everything you did. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Always. Pleasure. Okay. See you. Bye. We're so glad you have taken the time to tune in. If you found this episode useful, why not share it with a friend and be the light someone may need? Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This would mean so much to us. Ryan would love to connect with you beyond this episode. The links to everything and anything that was spoken about are in the show notes at www.escapingtheordinarypodcast.com. Talk to you next week.